And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Uh, we took a week off, uh, but we're back. So um, welcome. Um, I'm Bob McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And as always, I'm joined by Jimmy Lemke. Hello, everybody. And I also am patting my dog at the moment. His name is Apollo. He's, he's, pretty, he's I, pretty happy. I'm currently witnessing my two dogs uh, playing tug of war. So um, oh. it's going to be a canine-filled uh, episode today. I have this weird feeling. Um, and uh, Jimmy is over at PantherU.com and at, uh, at PantherU on Twitter. Uh, hey, we got a lot of stuff to get over. I mean, the regular season is over. Uh, we're, we're getting ready for uh, Motor City Madness next weekend. Yeah, and yeah. – um, a lot of different things going on, um, but first, uh, I would like to start with uh, kind of a personal note. Uh, for those of you who do follow me, as you many of you do know, um, I was uh, the Cleveland State columnist over at More Than a Fan Cleveland, um, and a couple weeks ago, that uh, that site kind of went dark. A little bit and uh it's under new management now so looks like they're going to be uh rebranding and uh trying some new things and i kind of took that opportunity to part ways with uh with the site um but uh i and with that said i'm i'm taking my uh my my talents elsewhere <laughs> as it were. Um, I'm going to be over at Campus Press Box. Uh, the Cleveland State column is starting back up on uh, uh, this Friday on March uh, 4th, I believe that is. So uh, be sure to check that out. And, um, and like hey, as, as will I, it's, um, I think the overriding theme is close your eyes, uh, Cleveland State fans, it will all be over soon. <laughs> Um, and, um, yes. And also, you know, as, as part of that, uh, we're, we're, we're definitely is, we're definitely ramping up a lot of, uh, we're definitely ramping up the college basketball on, on, on campus press box. Um, along with myself, uh, we were, we're bringing on a few, we brought on a few new writers, uh, one of them being Carrick Jones, uh, one of our previous guests, he's going to be, uh, he's debuting his, uh, his column this week. So, you know, feel free to, you know, visit campuspressbox.com, you know, bob.mcdonald at uh, campuspressbox.com. If you are interested in writing, we, we're, we're, we're looking to branch out to all mid-majors, um, you know, and it's, it's definitely going to be something worth, uh, worth looking at. Sounds good. So, man. I'm glad yes. So enough of my personal crap. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Um, let me let the, the seedings pretty much got all set on Friday. Basically the first six seeds all were uh, all pretty much cleared out by, you know, one through six were all pretty much cleared out by the, uh, by the end of the night. And um, you know, the only things that were in question were, were Sunday's games uh, when the only surprisingly enough, the, the only two seeds that were left that uh, needed to be sorted out were nine and 10. Um, Jimmy, I'd like to thank you and on behalf of, of Wisconsin Milwaukee oh. for 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 beating UIC Handley. Yeah. Um you guys gave me you guys made me nervous um for most of the for stretches of that game. Um but I, I see you came I see the Panthers came through in 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 came you know finished strong and UIC is now a, now the 10th seed so so by virtue of that Cleveland State doesn't finish last in the conference they were actually a tough game tonight it was uh, our, our guys kind of came out and you could tell that they were <laughs> they were kind of enjoying the whole senior sure. day uh-huh. uh, JJ Panaski came out and scored the first 10 points of the game and then they kind of it was it was it was basically just a chuck fest, like they 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 were not trying at all, and then all of a sudden it was ten minutes left in the first half, and they weren't pulling away, and they're like, wait, what's going on here? And they ended up uh, it ended up being a close game at halftime, and it wasn't until like I want to say about ten minutes left in the game when the Panthers started pulling away, and by the time it was about five minutes left, they had, they were up by twenty, and it was. I mean, it was on to the, you know, obviously UIC kept trying 
and Jeter had pretty much emptied out his bench by you know four minutes left. So it was so they had clawed back and made it about a thirteen point game. But you know, it was pretty hairy there for a while. I think UIC's got some they've got some talented players. Uh, Dikembe Dixon, not quite the. You know, he wasn't quite the player I was expecting uh, in person. I, it was the first time I've seen him in person. I've seen him play on ESPN3 several times. Um, I was expecting a different feel uh, during the game. He was more, he seems more athletic in person, but, he, man, that guy gets some calls that I just wasn't expecting him to get. He gets kind of a start. It felt, it felt like he got a bit of the star treatment today, which was kind of surprising, but it is what it is. We ended up so, so as UIC, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, um, you know, the way that they played today, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, for, for, for the, for the Milwaukee game, um, yes. um, I, they, they're going to be, they're, they may be the, they may be the 10 seed, but that, to me, that's kind of deceptive just because of the way they've been playing down the second, especially the second half of the conference schedule they've played a lot of people really close so i i I think they even at 10 might be a pretty hard out they are not it's not going to be easy i mean we got to remember that Wright state who's going in as the three lost at uic so it's it's exactly it's pretty incredible that even the 310 is not some giveaway uh, I will say that I do expect Wright State to light the world on fire and win by 30, or at least you know at least 15. But I'm not, uh, you know, it's not like the it's not like any of the 10 teams are just easy games for anybody. I know that you like to get down on your own team, but I mean, we were up by 20 or so at Cleveland, and you guys almost came back and won. Cleveland's had a couple of really close close calls. They could have easily won five or six games in the conference. So yeah, I don't think, and, uh, I don't think anybody's like- easy. I'm glad you brought that up as well because on Saturday they, you know, they they only lost that game by four. They they made a pretty decent comeback against mm-hmm. um, against Wright State, and you know the um, you know until otherwise, uh, un- unfortunately, until otherwise, dispelled the curse. The curse of the Q lives on. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, when your own coach is calling games at, at Quicken Loans Arena a quote-unquote glorified road game, might want to work on that. Yeah, I just I understand the idea that you can that that Cleveland State had like let's 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 partner with the Q and have them market a bunch of games and everything, and maybe it can work. But the problem with it is that. The problem with the Cleveland State basketball is that the Wolstein is just way too big. So you're going to go from 13,000 seat gym to a 17,000 seat gym or 18,000 20, seat gym? 20,000 seats. 20,000? The Gun Arena is yes. 20,000 seats. It's just, it's, just, it's just enormous. <laughs> Did you really just call it Gun Arena? <laughs> yeah. Old, Podcast from 1997. <laughs> hey, man, all habits die hard. You did You did just call us Wisconsin-Milwaukee to start the podcast, so. Uh, that's true, I did. You see? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Exactly. I've been doing that. I've been doing that all. I've been doing that throughout this entire podcast. You know, Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Illinois-Chicago. I mean, Jesus. I'm just all over the map. I'm just, I'm pretty you know, sure people listening to the podcast will know whether you mentioned Milwaukee, you're not talking about the Bucks. And when you no. say UIC, you're not talking about three letters in the alphabet, but an actual school. That is true. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the it, Cleveland, and, and keep in mind too, Cleveland State also was without DeMonte Flanagan. He spent the last two games out with a concussion. Did that happen at our they're, they're, uh, he, No, no, it happened after in, uh, in practice. It happened in practice before the uh-huh. – uh, for the Northern Kentucky game, which by the way, they won. So, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he ended up with a, he ended up with a concussion and, uh, he was out for the last two games and man, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours, this is like the Murphy's law season for Cleveland state, whatever, whatever wrong can happen has happened. And you want to know the sad part is, this is not the first time this has happened either in the history of Cleveland state basketball. I just, I don't know. I, I think everything for Cleveland State is about looking to the future 
it's okay to 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 know that this conference tournament's going to be a wash. There are some good players. I think Waters, sure. you know, he's what is it, twenty nineteen? He's contracted through. That's you know, worrying about when the coach is there. Uh, it's not up to me as a fan to worry yeah. about when the coach is done. So I want to. I want to just. I always want to focus on the team itself. And if you focus on the team itself, there, there's going to be a lot of tough. There's going to be a. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. There, there will be a lot of different discussions as it relates to recruiting and you know the roster and things along that line. So that's that's all pretty much. We'll probably in future episodes and we've already talked about it a number of times but i do want to also but switching subjects um i do want to talk about valpo and wow that wasconsin trip for valpo an easy out at all <laughs> you, you know M- milwaukee takes them to milwaukee takes them to overtime and green bay plays them tough if not for shane hammock and i i was looking at that three-pointer and i'm like man they let you do that. <laughs> and it's he, yeah. nothing but net on that one, man. Nothing on but net on that. The thing that bothers me about Shane Hammock is he's just like, I don't think he's that good. I, he, he, he basically let you know exactly what he's going to do before he does it. He's the most predictable player. And for some reason, no, like he's, he's almost unstoppable. Like uh, 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 Alec Peters, is just strong, consistent, but he can beat you in so many different ways. Every player they've got, it just feels to me to be very dynamic. And then Shane Hammock, you know, he gets the ball and he has a sliver of an opening, and I know that he's going to drive it. And I know that he's he's tall enough that if he puts it on the floor, even somebody with a minor defensive strength can can slap the ball away and nobody ever does and i just it it, it, just, it bothered me all night friday and i saw the three today and i'm just thinking like man you have to have faust you can't put faust on him because you, you don't expect him to be the guy to have the shot and he goes ahead and make no, and, that's, and again that was I don't know. I didn't even realize that that was the play that was drawn up where Hammock was out, you know, was the guy on the shooter. I mean, you know, the play before was, uh, it was Carter. Um, and then Peters was all over the place today, uh, you know, for the, for the green Bay game. Yeah. I think that Valpo is really, I think, I think everything about them going into the tournament is about kind of locking things down and just taking it slow Making sure that you're you're not doing too much at this point. Like they they do have so much talent. Now it's about making sure you play within that talent and just letting, letting things fall where they may. Because if if Valpo just plays their game, plays plays consistent, strong offense and consistent strong defense, and then takes care of the ball. I mean they're. They are they are the basketball team that uh, this year that if I am if I am showing you know if I'm showing some eighth graders this is how to play as play as a team that's a team I'm pointing to I'm mm-hmm. saying look you know they, they they don't do much wrong so I just want I would just remind them don't do too much you're going into this tournament because you only have to win two games they're going to be two very difficult games. Sure. Um, you know, I I, I, was, I talked to several Valpo people this weekend, uh, some Friday night, some Saturday night. Um, I had talked to them in person. There were a lot of a lot of them are in Milwaukee, and I ran into a couple of them. And each of them said, you know, they 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 really worry about having both us and Green Bay on their side of the bracket. And this weekend was a pretty you know pretty obvious um show. It was it pretty obviously showed that both of these teams can beat Valpo. Sure. So I, I just think that they, they need to make sure that they're not in their own heads. Just play your game. And Valpo should, I mean, Valpo should win it all. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the other things, too, uh, that I took away from it is that they did have the ability to find a way to win. Because make no mistake that that, that Wisconsin trip for anybody, and it's been that way since forever, 
Wisconsin trip, even the best of teams over the years have slipped up and lost one of those two games. You know, last year, Cleveland State lost uh, Cleveland State lost to Milwaukee, I think, last year during that wow. trip. They went in, won the big game up in, up in Green Bay, and then lost the game in Milwaukee. And so, you know, they're, that, that's to me, that's the mark of a good team. That's the mark of an excellent yeah, team. Uh, that you can go to that really trip that's a meat grinder anyway for any team, and they found a way to win. And they, they overcame the adversity and found a way to win both of those games. Does Valpo, is, that, is that two losses for Valpo in the conference season? That's it. Yes. And both of them were – they do end 16-2. and two. The only two losses were Wright State. So that makes them, let's see, the sixth team since, mm-hmm. the, since the, the new tournament, since, since Youngstown State, since we became the Horizon League. Mm-hmm. That's the sixth team. Uh, Butler did in 03. Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, did in 05. Butler did it in 07. 07 or 08, I can't remember. Um, I think it was. Remember, they didn't they run. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did they run that? Which I think it was 2010. Didn't they run the table then? Yeah, I know. I knew 2010 was one of them. And then yeah. Green and then Green Bay in 2014. And all five of those teams and now Valpo are the only teams, six teams that have lost two, okay. or, fewer, two or fewer games in the conference, the conference working season. And uh, three of those five, or excuse me, four of those five won games in the NCAA tournament. Mm, okay. Baller, Baller won uh, three and Milwaukee won to the Sweet 16 in theirs. Um, in, fa- in fact, uh, excuse me, it wasn't Butler. Butler didn't win in 07. It was it was the year that they lost in the first round. So I can't remember if it was 07 or 08. It wasn't 09 because it, was, it wasn't right after. But um, I believe it was 08 because it was the year they – they went to the Sweet 16 one of those years, and one was the other one. So three of the five teams had won in the NCAA tournament at least a game, and then there was Green Bay <laughs> in 2014. And, and I, I, I have no problem continuing to go back and talk about that 2014 tournament with Green Bay. And I wonder why that is. <laughs> God, that was so cool. Oh, wait, don't say, yeah, well, Jesus. We, you know, Cleveland State didn't exactly set the world on fire on that one either. They lost the right state. And, you know, Back to, you know, let's twist the knife in a little bit more. That was the year that they still had, the Cleveland State still roster. Anton Grady, Trey Lewis, and Bryn Forbes were all on that roster. So uh. I think I think Gary Waters learned a pretty important lesson this offseason in that you you want to make sure now, – now academics are starting to come into play. Um, I know that – we know that Horizon League coaches, from, from talking to coaches that um, – have come in our conference, have been in our conference. I, I talked to a few of them, and I know that some high major coaches have told me that what they do, what some high majors will do, is they will they that what they're now doing with this fifth year transfer rule is they're keeping tabs on players who are juniors and eligibility wise. And they are talking to the AAU coaches and they're talking to the high school coaches. Mm-hmm. And they're finding, they're finding out who's going to graduate early, who's going to graduate either in the May of their junior year or in the summer. And then they recruit them through the okay. coaches. And they're recruiting them through the coaches. And that's how, that's how some of these kids are getting moved elsewhere. Um, okay. Somebody has told a lot of the Horizon League coaches that because I've heard it from about – four or five of them else four or five coaches in the conference i'm not talking about my own school uh i never talk about what my what our interesting um so i've heard from coaches that that's that's what high major coaches are doing now they're keeping tabs they're recruiting through the aau and high school coaches so i think i think what gary can do oh 
well, yeah, that, that's for damn sure because that's exactly what happened. At Cle- that's especially what happened with Cleveland State because ask anybody around and, you know, think about it for a second. When when Trey Lewis made his announcement. Yeah. That, he did it at Garfield Heights High School where he went, he played basketball, where he played high, his high school basketball and his coach, Sonny Johnson, by amazing coincidence, who spent his first two years as a Cleveland State basketball player, I might add, before he transferred to Ohio U, um, was his his high school coach. So um, yeah, that 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 makes perfect sense to me. Um, so that you know, it's not always you know it's not always the case, but you know it's probably it sounds more the trend now than it was before. For 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 a long time. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the kids would do is they would take classes. They would they would do the spring semester. They would do the fall do the fall and spring semesters, mm-hmm. and then they, and then they would do some summer classes because what, if you do the summer classes, then you get the stipend for food, etc. Sure, uh, you know during the season or during the uh, during the summer. So they would they would play so they could get their they could get the they would they would go to class they could get their money they'd be staying on campus anyway for a lot of the times so you know like at Milwaukee we have three summer sessions you know that one there's a june session a, a late may june session a july session and an august session and usually you know you get the kids that would come and they come and take like one or two of the sessions they take they take you know nine credits mm mm-hmm. mhm you, we get a lot of kids who would graduate, you know, as juniors, mm-hmm. and then and then they would get their first year of their masters paid for this through their scholarship. And sure. now, I, I now I think a lot of the coaches um, from from who I talk to, and I'm sure that you know fans around the conference who talk to their coaches and you know media people who talk to their coaches, I think a lot of them are starting to uh, make sure that the players are not a hundred percent there for graduation in time because this, this fifth year transfer rule is just, it's, it, it, it was a good idea when it started and now it's starting to really hurt us as mid majors. It's, it's not good because, and, and remember, this is a guy who's, we, I, I'm speaking from the, from the place where we've only had one player with a fifth year transfer and it was a guy who came here. Mm-hmm. We have not even had a player transfer out. Uh-huh. And that was Malcolm Moore who came in from UTEP, and he wasn't. He was told that he wasn't going to play his, you know, his senior year of eligibility. So it wasn't like we took somebody who, uh, it wasn't like we took somebody who was gonna who was gonna be like a starter at some lesser school. Well, that's where, what happened with. Uh, isn't that what happened with uh, Jay Harris, who you, formerly of Valpo, and then he he ended up at uh, UIC for his uh, last year. I think Jay Harris. I, I just Jay Harris has transferred so many times that it's hard to even pay attention. I yeah, I stopped kind of keeping tabs on where he was, and then I realized. Then I wait, look up one day. I'm like, hey, wasn't he on Valpo? <laughs> Once. Right, exactly. Like all of a sudden, Jay Harris is like at UIC. Like, didn't he? And he went somewhere in between the two. Is that guys? Just I think. Well, I think he did. Yeah, I can't remember where to save my life, but yeah, he he went somewhere and then. I want to say it was like Eastern Illinois or Western Illinois, or something, something like that. It was a yeah, it was a smaller school that he did that at, and then so, you know, and so we like, just got to watch out with these kids. Yeah, I mean, it's one of you know, you, you I, it's one of those things where, and I think it, it it affected Cleveland State for the fact that you had a team that has historically been built on has actually been built in the Gary Waters era on high major transfers. I mean, the, his first two years, first two or three years, you had uh, Cedric Jackson, who was a transfer from St. John's George Tandy, who was a transfer from, I think, Western Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, Chris Moore, UC Santa Barbara, transfers that way so um and it's not something that i you know it's something that and and over the years gary waters prided himself on the well i didn't i didn't you know you didn't come in this now you didn't come in to sign with us now but you know if you've changed your mind you get homesick come back we'll, we'll bring you back with open arms 
Yeah. And as it turns out, and and it's worked out, you know, up until very recently, it's worked out pretty pretty well. Um, up until again, the Murphy's Law season, where everything that could have possibly went wrong went wrong. Um, and in Anton Grady's case, obviously, it was a little different because he had he was a red he was a medical red shirt because he blew out his knee in his sophomore year. So um, you're not having you probably aren't having that conversation as it relates to um, him if that's not the case. But that's a whole other that's a whole other ball of wax, and there's not really a whole lot you could do about it. I mean, and I'm looking at it from a standpoint of you you look at the you look at the transfers the fifth year transfer rule. Um, Cleveland State, I don't think, has ever really had, I don't think, a, a fifth-year transfer per se. Um, and I, but I do know that I'm sure in he in that that if you know he had a fifth-year transfer come approach him, he wouldn't say no. Um, we've had the hardship waivers, the ones that actually did go away um, after Brent Forbes, but we've had the trans, we've had the hardship waivers too. So yeah. it, it, you know, it cuts both ways. Um, and it's, and it's sometimes been to the benefit, sometimes to the detriment. We, you know, Cleveland State just looks like the poster child for it this year, except it was just, to me, it's just a convergence of everything that could possibly have ever gone wrong that has gone wrong. And man, it seems to me we have talked (laughs) for somebody who doesn't want to talk about these transfers. I've talked a lot about these damn things. (laughs) (laughs) Has a has an enormous impact on the horizon because if those three guys are there, in addition to Rob Edwards and and Demonte Flanagan, you're talking. They're still about- losing to Valpo in the in the race. I'm telling that, you that right that, now. That, that that's not what I'm saying. But I mean, what where is Cleveland in the RPI right now? Oh God, I don't even know. I didn't. I I'm almost afraid to look to tell you the truth. The last time I saw it was like three twenty six. I'm sorry, that low? Holy crap. I think it might have been – or maybe I'm thinking of 246. I, I, it's, 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 it's not great. It's bottom half at least. It might be bottom quarter. And that's not the RPI if those guys are all still at Cleveland State. So it's a matter of figuring out for – it's a matter of figuring out how to make it so everybody has – so making making sure that you hold on to your Let's guy. be honest here. If it, you know, the NCAA has never really been has never been terribly accommodating in Cleveland State over its history, anyway. So I'm not going to be entirely. I'm not going to be. I'm a little skeptical that they actually do something to help them. So let's just kind of move on from that. Uh, the funny thing <laughs> is that Cleveland State's legacy is probably the the old adage that. You know, Ohio State was cheating so much the NCAA got Kentucky. 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 Jerry Tarkanian said that, by the way. The the NCAA, his quote was, and I'm I'm sure I'm paraphrasing. The NCAA was so mad at uh, Kentucky they they (laughs) put Cleveland State on probation for two more years. It's 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 BS. It sucks. It's the it's not good, but. I think that Waters is still a smart coach, and I I, I do think that he's – while I, th- I think he sees this as a retirement gig, I do think his plan is to uh, – I, I don't think the guy's going to stop trying as a as the coach. Oh, no. He, I, and it's – you know, and, and the funny – and having – having and it's an interesting dynamic because we've been – Cleveland State has been in this situation before where you've got an older coach, you know, it depends on what they look, you know, what it looks like. Um, you know, Gary's pissed. He's been pissed off since the middle of the season. And this is, I've seen him angrier this year than I've ever, yeah, I mean, <laughs> funny. I think one of the broadcasts and one of the announcers made a joke. I saw Gary Waters smile in 1987. That's how mad he's been all year. So, and just the, just the just the way he's been talking about this this roster this team right now tells me so much that um, he's not having a great year. He's having a crappy year. The worst year that Cleveland State has seen in the Gary Waters area era. Probably worst team I've seen in more than a decade. Last time I've seen a team this bad was Mike Garland. <laughs> yes, the Mike Garland era. Those are. Fun. I don't. I think. Yeah. So, I. But it's. But 
you know, he, he, it's got to be a point where he had, you know, it's going to, he'll, he'll need the right to ship and, you know, and it's not going to be a matter. It's, you know, this year was, this year is a wash, you know, they're probably going to, you know, I don't want to say they're going to lose to green Bay on Saturday. I don't have a lot of confidence in the world for it because again, you know, between Carrington Love and Jordan Faust and, um, oh, crud, who killed him in Cleveland? Um, the the one kid who kept his hitting threes, and Gary Waters even said we didn't game plan for the guy, and they killed him. Lots. <laughs> I think it was turning Yeah, so. Game for them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and at the post-game, he's like, we didn't game plan for him. Like, oh, my God. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, that's not something that you really want to, like, verbalize uh, during a post-game press conference. Oh, well, yeah, but <laughs> the, the Turner Boss is this kid for Green Bay who's – I mean, he's, yeah. he's pretty much a shooter. Like, he's not mad. Yeah, and he, like he, he does a couple more things, but he's pretty, he's pretty much just a shooter. And he really wasn't that much of a good one until the last, you know, 10 or 12 games where all of a sudden he's kind of like yeah. on a bit and, you know, good for him. You know, it's good that it's good to see yeah. if might get another, you know, uh, you know, third. Yeah. And actually you could probably point to the Cleveland state game where he's turned it around and started, you know, lighting it up. Cause he torched the Vikings. He definitely torched the Vikings. <laughs> so, but, so, um, so, but yes. And, so, so, and, and yeah. so, I'm just trying to. So that that's the thing. right. Yeah, you guys. Um. So the, yeah, that's gonna be the that's the four nine seed. Uh, three ten is you know we've talked a little bit about from Wright State and UIC, and that again not a de- that's gonna be not an easy out. So um, you're, uh, so then we're on now, the- Wisconsin. Yes, so uh, Wisconsin, you are the five seed, I believe. Uh, Wisconsin's in the Big Ten. We're Milwaukee. No, no, crap. Yes, it is. Damn it. <laughs> Milwaukee. Damn it, Milwaukee. Oh, um, we seem to have we seem to have misplaced uh, misplaced Jimmy. Um, I'm pretty sure that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, I guess I insulted him with my uh, with my confusion between Wisconsin and. Uh, the Wisconsin and Milwaukee. See, this is the problem. Every time I turn around, I'm just doing this stupid thing with uh, missing branding, and now I'm just completely screwing the pooch on this one. So um, hopefully he comes back, because if he doesn't, then I'm going to be flying solo for the rest of this podcast. And I'm not sure if anybody's going to like that very much. So, um, But as he, as we talked about, uh, the, the fifth seed – that's why I mentioned this, this seed, as I believed it to be. So, um, yeah, so the fifth seed is going to be Milwaukee, correct? Yes. And you get to play the eighth seed, which is? Northern Kentucky. Kentucky. Right? Wait. Yes, it is, because if I – yes, because Youngstown had secured the seventh seed, uh, had secured the seventh seed already, so – um, How did, yeah. did they? Did they? Didn't they tie in this in in the standings? What's that now? They tied in the standings, did they not? Um, I believe. So Youngstown must have swept them. Kind of what happened there, because um. Hmm. But I'm not sure. Yeah, but for re- for whatever reason, the and I can't remember to save my life why that happened. But um, Youngstown and they clinched it on Saturday, so I don't know because they had lost to. Because did they beat Northern Kentucky on Saturday? I, I think am not they, sure. Man. I had a very busy day. This is where you get the best information, Horizon League fans. <laughs> <laughs> from the I knew go, I knew going into yesterday that they were tied at like five and eight. Yeah, but um, or excuse me, five and twelve or something like that. Something like that, but yeah, the so Northern Milwaukee gets Northern Kentucky, uh, and so that's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting matchup there. Because it is, and the problem is for Milwaukee is that 
you know, a competent big man gives us problems and a uh, three-point shooter gives us problems. So Cole Murray will give us problems and Jalen Billups will give us problems. Just like they did at Northern Kentucky. Um, that was part of it. And, and and Drew McDonald will annoy you as he's annoyed you all year. So Yeah, he'll, he'll annoy us because he won't. <laughs> you know, the kid will throw a thousand elbows and he'll get called for three fouls. And yeah. I'm just uh, this. What I I, find interesting is that this is the same. This is the same. uh, What I find interesting is this is the same. This is the same group that went into went into Cleveland on Thursday night and lost. They uh, a a shorthanded Cleveland State team, I might add, and they lost. So um, obviously they can be beaten. And you know uh, Milwaukee. Has you know, has had no problem with that in the past. So I mean, I don't think you're gonna uh, this season. So I don't think you're gonna have too, too many issues in the future. Um, that leaves the six seven matchup, which is gonna be de- it's gonna be Detroit and Youngstown. Which so you know, good for them. Um, Detroit Detroit should win that one unless Paris Bass decides it's you know on him to start winning every game in the tournament. and He decides to chuck up thirty shots. Which doesn't sound like, you know, the, the craziest thing in the world. But if, if, if the game runs through, if the game cr- runs through Sideshow Bob Marley, you know, Detroit's going to win. If, the, if, if it runs through Paris Bass, they're going to lose. That's, that's, that's my opinion. Just, just my. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up the truck a little bit. Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob Marley. You know who I'm where talking in the hell? Yeah, but where the hell did you come up with that? It was on Twitter like uh, a couple weeks ago. I was watching the game and he was just having a hell of a game against us. It was when they were it was when they were just, you know, throttling us. And Detroit beat us by 14 there. You know, the fun fact, you know, we've played we've beaten two Big 10 teams. We've uh we've took took Valpo to overtime. We've uh, it come close with Murray State, with Duquesne. We've uh, let's see what what else have we done? We've we've got a bunch of we 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 lost by eight at Notre Dame. We lost by twelve at Valpo, and our biggest loss of the year is at Detroit. <laughs> of all, all all year long, the biggest loss we've had all year was at Detroit by fourteen. They they have a couple really 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 talented players. Anton Wilson is really good. Anton Wilson's really good. Um, I I say shy sideshow Bob Marley because I came up with it during the game because I can never remember his actual name. And I watched I watched most of him his game yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like. His name, I want to say, it's it's Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins. Yes, it's Chris Jenkins. Yes. And Which the funny is, thing yeah, is, so. the funny thing is, I I, I tweeted the side show, when I tweeted the sideshow Bob Marley thing, somebody had uh, he retweeted and liked it on Twitter. So I, I guess he really likes. The, I really he really likes the nickname, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's really funny because his haircut makes. He's got the sideshow Bob haircut, but he's you know it's he's he's a black guy, so sideshow Bob Marley. It's just you know it's a. At least he's a good sport about it. So. Well, it's it's I just yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not um, very good at coming up with nicknames. Is the long and short of that. I'm yeah. So that's a. Yeah, uh, yeah. D- Detroit uh, again. It's just one of those years. Uh, I mean, I mean they have all of that there. It's one of what years. It's the, the Ray McCallum tenure. They've always had talent. <laughs> one of those eras, then, okay? One of those eras where, you yeah. know. I don't know. But, I mean, Watson really didn't do a whole lot of it in the end. I mean, 2004-05, you know, in that 05 tournament, they almost beat us in the title game. And they didn't, and you know the best best for us because we went to the Sweet Sixteen on it. 
but they were like mm-hmm. a, I think they were like a six seed or something in that tournament. So it wasn't like they were, you know, they were like the by far number two of the conference. Um, it's really hasn't been since the nineties since like Willie green has Detroit really been all that great. Willie green and Rashad Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Detroit's just, it's, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what the I don't know if the plan is to move on from Ray McCallum after the year. I've heard grumblings of it. I'm sure Carrick Jones knows more than you know we than we do, but um it's just it's 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 the same thing this year. You know, they have a lot of really talented pieces. They've got a really a lot of high you know, highly rated recruits and they don't do much with them. You know, they went to the one NCAA tournament because, you know, it just so happened that the coach had his kid on the team. That's, I mean, that's everything, you know, if Ray McCallum jr. Didn't, was not, you know, the son of Ray McCallum senior Detroit doesn't have that tournament there. They just, they just, they just the don't. Way, um, yeah. I do want to back up a little bit. Yes. It, Youngstown state did in fact beat Northern Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's, that's why we're playing instead of Youngstown. Yeah, I'm fine with that because I know it's very difficult. It's 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 extremely difficult to beat a team three times in one season. It has happened. Plenty but I know of you times. had your heart. But I but Jimmy, I know you had your heart set on Milwaukee vanquishing Youngstown State this year. I want nothing to do with Youngstown State. I want nothing to do with them in this conference. Um, I'm, I honestly believe that if Youngstown State and Northern Kentucky, which granted they're the seven and eight, now the nine and ten, mm-hmm. but but Northern Kentucky is tied to Youngstown State because I felt like it, this off season, if uh-huh. we had cut off, if we had booted Youngstown State and kept it at eight instead of adding Northern Kentucky, we'd only have had two RPI anchors, and I think you know for for a team like Milwaukee, you know this year it doesn't matter. Because would we would we have had a higher RPI? Sure, but we it wouldn't have made a difference for us in getting like an NIT or an NCAA bid because we don't have a resume for either. No. But for Valpo, for Valpo, a, a team that is on the bubble as an at large at at best right now, they had four team four games that were against RPI anchors that could, didn't have to happen that could have been replaced with non-conference games against either non-D1s that wouldn't hurt their RPI or against strong mid-majors or maybe even going into a high major and maybe getting a victory. You know, you don't know what they could have done with those four games. So I, I, I'd like to think that Valpo would have gotten, you know, maybe a, maybe a game against like Illinois or something and, well, that wouldn't be Illinois because Illinois likes to back out of games. But you know, Valpo would have gotten. And yeah, yeah they could have gotten. Illinois was having so Illinois was having some real problems this year anyway. So that actually would have been kind of an RPI loser for them because Illinois uh, is not that good this year. I'm, I'm just thinking at all. of, a, of a, a school that's not afraid of bringing in a strong mid major into their into their gym, like say like a Michigan State. You know, would would Valpo have beat yeah. Michigan State? I don't know because. You, you know, conventional wisdom would say, well, Michigan State's a pretty darn good team. They're not the number one team in the country anymore, but they would have been when they played them. And, you know, Alpo, you know, Alpo's this, you know, just a Horizon League team. But then again, Oakland took them to overtime, and Valpo is quite obviously better than Oakland. So, who knows? Maybe Valpo would have won that game or, against, you know, a similar team. So, you, you, you just – you never know. Who's gonna Who's gonna let you play, and who 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 you could have gotten them with that with those four games on the schedule? But frankly, we just we have too we have way too many uh, you know anchors for the RPI. And one one fan said on Twitter, "Well, there's always every conference has some teams that'll drop the RPI." I said, "Yes, but not forty percent of the conference." The Horizon League's got a problem with where we're now because Cleveland State is barren wasteland, and you hope that you guys can get out of it Gee, quick. Thanks. I, I just, I'm just saying it, it doesn't I look. I think it doesn't it, it's it, it doesn't, and I mean, it, it's one of the. 
you, you uh, eh, I mean, um, you're going to be hard pressed to find a find a silver lining anywhere in the dark clouds of Cleveland at the moment. So, um, Rod Edwards, Monte Flanagan will be joined. That's what happens. I'll be joined in two years by a couple good JUCOs, and when they're seniors, they'll have a pretty darn good team. But you're still exactly. years from now. And then we well, talk- that said yeah. too, and and again, they do have a, and again, they do have another transfer coming in next year, Bobby Word. And you know what? He can actually score. So you know, hopefully, the scoring problem that they've had all year. Is is sort of alleviated by that. Not to mention, as you mentioned, the adding in a JUCO point guard, which is which really does right now sound like a Gary Waters like number one priority. He doesn't have a point guard. He's mentioned it many many times. We all agree with him. Go get him, Gary. So as soon as as soon as he gets a as soon as that that uh, that point guard kind of materializes itself, and I think it will very soon. Um, that's kind of what we, you know, I, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I figure that, you know, for, for a guy, for a guy who prides himself on point guard play as, as Gary Waters does, man, he is, you know, you see why point guard. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in any one team, you know, Cleveland States one. UIC is in the it gets worse before it gets better plan. The last I checked, they were 348 out of 351 teams in the RPI. At um, the same time, you do have you you have a hell of a foundation to build on with them, yeah, at least. With, with Northern Kentucky, it's you, you you have some good players, but how long is and it? You really have, and, and again, you have better play. And from what it sounds like, they have better players coming in too. I, I think. I think that, I think with the Northern Kentucky, I think it's just going to be a matter of them once they get to the point where they are going to be fully eligible. They're just they're they're going to go. They're going to put. I, I think they're going to be. I think we can. We have objectively agreed that they are long run a a a good addition to this league. Um, I think we disagree on the timing of it. I think they're going to get better sooner than you think they are, but you know, in the long run, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be the anchor and not to mention the fact they didn't even finish in last place this year. So I know low bar, but still, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty damn good point. That's a pretty good damn, damn good starting point where you're competing with, with three teams that have been in the league for a while and you're able to, you know, get to the last game of the season and still be, you know, not in the, you know, you're, you're still kind of in the bottom, but you know, you're, you're, you're doing a lot better than a lot of people thought you were going to do. Five victories in the conference season is better than most people thought that the Northern Kentucky was going to get in year one. And that's okay. That's right. Because we, that's, that's right, because we all suck at scouting them. So, not, sorry, Northern Kentucky. But it's, not much worse than, it's not much worse than Valpo did in their first year. I believe Valpo was 7-11 and 11 back in 2007-08. So, it's not – And it's, Valpo and, and Northern Kentucky also is, once again, Northern Kentucky happens to suffer from the, the issue, the problem of – you know they're they're still transitioning from Division Two, so it's not one of those. You know they're in their final year of that transitional tag. So Valpo was around forever, and so that's almost over. But yeah, Kentucky will be. You know they get the if they get the right coach, and Brandon might be the guy. But if they get the I, right coach, I really do. They, will, they, they will be able to turn that thing up. I mean, they will be able to light the world on fire with those facilities. And they can own everybody in the Cincinnati area on their side of the river. I mean, that's just that says the makings of a great program. But and and keep in mind, and and again, and I I mentioned this in a couple of previous previous episodes that they do. uh, Northern Kentucky, even at a Division Two level, had a basketball tradition. You know, they were they were a pretty they were an excellent, excellent division two team. So, you know, and, and as you mentioned before, they, they did better. They, they gone to the lengths that not even Greg can't be up in Oakland when they were in division two went to. So there, there's a lot of upside in Northern Kentucky. 
And not to mention the fact that Kentucky, in, by its very nature, is a uh, Kentucky by its very nature is a basketball crazy state anyway. So, and to be where they are in northern, where they, to be where they are, you know, there's some, they're definitely going to be more a lot of opportunities there for them. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for Northern Kentucky. I, I think that they'll be great. I just I, I I had heard I was talking with a fan, and I won't say who it is. Um, on Twitter the other day in a private message, and he he brought up a really good point. It really felt like Northern Kentucky was brought in maybe just a year too early, and I I, I, I do feel like that that definitely. And we talked does- about and now we talked about this now and we talked about this a little bit ourselves too. So it's not like you know this is kind of pretty well covered territory for us as well. But I mean. I'm okay with the, the, the one year jumping the gun on them just because of their upside. I'm, I'm, I, I know this year was kind of a, you know, crap sandwich as it relates to them, you know, being, you know, not being eligible for the tournament and whatnot, but I'll take it. I'll take it for them. So it's been so long since it's been a long time since we've only had one team in the top 100 of the RPI. And that has everything to do with how this entire conference has just dropped the ball considerably overall. It's, 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 I was much higher on this conference at the beginning of the conference season and at the beginning of the season than I am today. And it's just, it's, I well, want- you're not the, well, of course, you're also not the idiot who, cho- who thought Cleveland State was going to finish fifth in the conference. So at least you have that going for you. Well, I just, it's, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, <laughs> Milwaukee definitely didn't do as well as I was, I was hoping. I mean, we, we, there's so many games. I mean, we've had three losses by more than four points. So it's it, obviously, you know, our entire season has been uh, just a close game after close game after close game. And it's been, it's taken a toll uh, I think Jordan Johnson's playing. You know, we, we today during the game, you know, Jordan Johnson had a bunch of turnovers, and everybody's like, "Wow, he just looks, it looks so tired. Like he's 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 not having, uh, he's just his body's starting to break down or something." And he comes out with, you know, it's like five minutes left in the game, and I had no idea until at the end of it when Bob Brainerd, the the uh, public address announcer in the arena as I'm walking out, he's like, Oh, and by the way, Jordan Johnson broke the school record for assists in a game today with 15. I was like, wait a second. Oh, did he really do that? Like I just, <laughs> and it's the, the, the long season takes a toll. And I, I, I feel for Valpo. Because- and yet, and yeah. And yet today against UIC, he, he gets 15 assists. Yeah, you know, I I really feel for Valpo is what what I want. What my whole point is is that because Valpo should be a team that should be competing for an at large bid, and unless like some crazy things happen, I don't think they're going to get it. If they do lose in the Horizon League tournament, they would have to lose on a buzzer beater in the Horizon League ch- championship game, anyways. If they had a shot, and it's just it's so unfortunate because it's such a great team. So. It, I, I'm 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 to this point where, as a fan, I, I think of you know I think of our budgets. You know, Youngstown State, Green Bay, they have you know very they have the smallest budgets of the conference. They're around you know uh, Green Bay's budget is around eight million dollars for their athletics budget. You know, UIC UIC is up to twenty million dollars, which is incredible that they're willing that they're willing to spend that kind of money to do that to 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 get back up there and I'm I'm really happy for that. But I think about these ten schools where and, and to your point now now I want to back up a little bit before because I know where you're going with this. But this is you know it, it seems that this this conference has had this issue before and it happened right in, during the 2001-2002 season because as you know because you know Butler Right. They they ran into the same problem where now a little different problem because they lost in the first round of the conference tournament. And, you know, this was before they changed the format around. So that sort of thing wasn't going to happen ever again. But 
they just didn't. And that was impressively a year where I believe they had beaten because they had played a bunch of teams in Indiana. A lot, a few of them, a few of those Indiana schools did end up going into the NCAA tournament. And here's, here's Butler who did not get in and they ended up in the NIT. And I think that was the year, that was the year of the now infamous uh, UIC Loyola championship game in Cleveland. In Cleveland. The the now infamous UIC Loyola game in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, watch what watch what happens if uh, Green Bay goes through to the title game and they end up playing, say, you know, who's who's yeah, say if somehow Youngstown State comes out the other side and it's Green Bay Youngstown State. Watch how many people show up for that title game. <laughs> Yeah, that that it's, uh, it was. I think only six, seven. I think I watched it yeah, just based off of morbid curiosity. Actually, well, UIC and Loyola were like the six and seven seeds when they went to the championship games. They were. So you're. I mean, obviously, you know, you wouldn't have a six and seven house playing each other, but you, you could. You know, it would say you have this just two lower seeds playing each other in Detroit, and then all of a sudden it's. Boom! All it's ridiculous. You know, Milwaukee. I'd like to think that we would have, you know, a thousand people or two thousand people travel to Detroit if we make the title game. But I'm also realistic. I know what the university will do. I know if we win, if we win Monday night, the university will put together some viewing party in the guest house on campus in the arena in the union, and Tuesday night it'll be. 150 people from here in 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 uh you know going out down you know going out to Detroit because there's 150 people that went to Wright State back in 2014 when we won when we won it and it's it's you know they they want to make it this destination tournament but it's you know the title game is still on a Tuesday you know it's easy for people to get off work thursday through sunday cuz you're already work off saturday sunday a lot of people only work half days friday or can get their stuff done on friday so really you're talking about traveling one day you know that thursday and then get it going out there and i mean it wouldn't be as easy for me but i'm a car salesman so you know my we we fridays you know saturdays are my you know, my big day so it's different for a guy like me than it would be for you know, somebody else. So it's almost to the point where if we somehow don't end up with Detroit or Oakland in the title game, I think you're, I think you're going to have a redux of what happened in, in Cleveland in 002. And it's not that it's not that it's, I, I think Valpo would bring people. I think Valpo is going to bring quite a few people. I, I, but I, when I say quite a few, I'm talking about you know 300. I think Valpo will have 300, maybe 400 for a title game. I don't think Valpo is going to send you know 2,000 people to that title game, and I don't think the people of Detroit are going to care. I, I I think I know what this tournament's about, and I think you do too. I think what this is about is about Olympia showing in in the over the next five years them showing the Big Ten that they can host that championship tournament. This isn't about the Horizon League tournament. It's about getting the Big Ten tournament. And I, I just I, – I abhor, I abhor the whole idea because the Horizon League had such a good thing going. You know, we protected the top seeds. And while that was such a bad – you know, so many schools hated the idea – I know the Loyola people despised it. I know that a lot. Yeah, I know the De- Loyola people despised it. I know the Detroit people despised it. I know a lot of these schools didn't like it. I know the Oakland people came in and were like, "Why is this a thing?" But the fact of the matter is, is that when you protect the top seed, it's all about getting the best team from the conference in the NCAA tournament. That's what it's about, because it's about getting guy. It's about getting the team that gives you the best chance to win and raise the profile of the whole conference and raise and raise some money because an NCAA tournament unit is quite a lot of money. It's a million dollars plus. It might be, I think it's reaching 1.5 this year. 
you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. And we're about to, you know, our, our money from Butler's tournament runs is about to start drying up. And it's time for us to recognize that we have, you know, after next year, the Butler money's gone. So we need to, we need units. So we either need to get at larges, which we're not getting because we have a conference that's two teams too big and is, you know, is dragging down the RPI. So we don't have, you know, so our top team isn't as strong as they could be in the RPI. And now we're there. Now Lacron in this conference have taken away the tournament setup that has protected the top seed, protected the number two seed and set it up so that those teams go. 2003, Butler, you know, from, from 2003 on, Mm. 2003 was the last year of the round robin, and then 2004 it went. It became the top seed. Now we hosted in 2003, even though Butler was the number one seed, we were the number two because it was our turn to host the round robin, and we ended up beating Butler in the title game. But they were luck. Thank, thankfully, they were strong enough to get in the tournament. They went to the Sweet 16 in 2005. We hosted that to that tournament. And Detroit was one Brandon Cotton runner away from beating us in the title game. And if if that shot had fallen, we were not set up to be an at-large team in 2005. Our Sweet 16 wouldn't happen in 2006. You know, if we would, if we we could have lost and not won. And you know, for for ever, you know, Cleveland State is really the only team from 2009 to be to win in the NCAA tournament without being one of the protected teams. You know, Butler, you think about it, think about this. Butler in 2010 was a uh, Butler and Butler and in 2010 and 2011 they were protected. Mm-hmm. In 2010 they hosted and were protected. In 2010 we were in the semifinals we lost to them on – we, we were only down three with 45 seconds left. And Ricky Franklin missed a shot that would have put us at a tie game with thirty with thir, uh, 45 seconds left. Butler could have made a shot. We could have made a shot and won it at Hankel Fieldhouse. That game was really close. They beat Wright State in the title game by a lot, but our game in the semifinals was really close. If Butler had had to go to Detroit – and play on a neutral court in 2010, they could have lost. And 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 while that may, while they still have could have gotten in as an at large in 2010, they would not have had quite as good a seed because they didn't win the conference title game. And then in the next season, 2010-11, when us and you guys and Butler tied, you know we we all tied for the championship for the regular season title, but you guys got stuck with the three seed. Butler was, yep. protected, as a, Butler was protected as a two. And as much as Waters belly ached, the fact of the matter is that Butler was protected with that two seed. So they mm-hmm. got, they got, they were protected, got the win in the semifinals and beat us up in the title game. And they went to the final four. Butler, had they not won that tournament, would not have even gone to the NCAA tournament that year. Based on their based on their resume, but they were protected, and that was a final four. That was a na- that was a national title game appearance for us for the second year in a row. And I don't think I, I I you know the second one definitely would not have happened. The first one may have not happened because they would have had a lower seed, and they would have wouldn't have been protected. It, it, it's it's about protecting the top seeds, and for a team from three to ten. You know, we've done it. You've done it in '09, and Detroit did it the year they the year they beat Belpo. You know, those three teams. I really strongly felt that by the end of the year, those were the best three teams. Uh, those are the best teams in each year. In '09, I really felt like Cleveland State. You know, running into March was the best team. In was it 2013 or 2012? I really felt like Detroit. Really went into that NCAA, you know, they 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 they, they went into Velpo 
and they did it. And it's it's because and we went into Green Bay and beat them and Wright State and beat them. And it's not about it's not it's 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 about putting the best team in the conference in the NCAA tournament. So if a lower seed can overcome those crazy odds and then still, you know, and then and then win the whole thing, then that's they've proven that they're the best team because they can overcome all of that. <clears throat> you know, Green Bay was a very good team, but you you can't like snap your fingers and make an injury go away. The fact of the matter is that Alec Brown had a had a, a shoulder injury that was hampering him and Kiefer Sykes got hurt in the semifinals against us. And uh-huh. so many and so many people in Green Bay will say, "Well, we were the better team." obviously you're the better team, but you weren't at full strength. Milwaukee was better than your team that was hurting. And that's, that's okay. I, you know, full strength green Bay, I think wins that game against us and then wins on Tuesday. And then maybe, maybe just maybe wins in the NCAA tournament. But excuse me, (coughs) the fact of the matter is, is that they, we beat them because they were hampered. So they wouldn't have won in the NCAA tournament anyways. They got creamed in the NIT because I think Sykes didn't even play. And if Sykes couldn't play, he wouldn't have been able to play in the NCAA tournament in any case. So the when, when this, this, this conference tournament that was Lacrone's legacy, you know, this, I, 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 it's almost like the guy's legacy shopping. You know, trying to say that he's finally built the Horizon League into a conference that can support a neutral site tournament. But that's a goal. And but it's almost like he was legacy shopping, but he shouldn't have been shopping because he already had it. That that double buy top seed hosted Horizon League tournament was a revolution in college sports, and it and it and and college basketball. You know, that and the Horizon League Network. Conferences across the country looked at them as models, and we abandoned it. And I, I, I don't think people understand the implications. If Valpo loses in this tournament, <clears throat> when they've only won, when they've only lost two conference games, I don't think people understand the implications from, from Valpo's point of view for the rest of us looking at Valpo as a school that since Butler has been the standard bearer for a few years. And Bryce Drew is not leaving that school for just any job. Bryce, no. Drew, is not, Bryce Drew has turned down Mississippi State. He's turned down Iowa State. He's turned down some pretty big jobs. <clears throat> I mean, I I had heard a rumor that Iowa State was going to throw two million a year at him. I don't know what the exact number was, but I know that he's gotten a lot a, a lot of schools that have told him they'll pay him a lot more money, and he stayed. And I I, I honestly believe because because the guy owns the campus. I mean, it's 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 his school, and I'm sure he wants to win that NCAA yeah. tournament there before before he moves on. <clears throat> If he ever decides to move on, but though I, so, I don't mean I don't mean to keep rambling on, but what I'm saying is I don't think people understand the implications. It's well, this is it's oh. interesting you mention all of this because we we had it, and I do remember us having a conversation about this in episodes past about kind of your your thoughts on the uh, on this this tournament as a whole. Now, mind you, of course, this was before the the entire season played out, and it has become what it has become. This is going to wrap up the first episode. Stay tuned. Later on this week, we're going to have part two of this because we went way over on the second part of this. You can't miss that. So we're going to catch you. you know, you'll, you're going to get this next episode. It's going to be coming up this week. Bonus episode for you guys. So be sure to stop, you know, forelights.fm. Be sure to subscribe to it. Do not miss it. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll, we'll catch you then. Yep.